0: Hey everyone, this is Stefan Miller, and welcome to The Forever Student. He is a cancer survivor, a health educator, and entrepreneur. After several hardships in his life, his mission became clear, to help create the next generation of healthy humans. I've been consuming his content for a while, which you should definitely check out as well. And then I reached out to him a few days ago, and we're sitting next to each other here in Dubai today. Dave thank you very much for being here. And welcome to The Forever Student.
1: Thank you. I love how you said my name.
0: Spot I, on, spot on, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. We rehearsed this before, briefly. <laughs> Nailed <No>. it. <laughs> Nailed it. So I touched on it a little bit, but could you tell me a bit more about your mission?
1: Yeah. Um, wow. Okay, so my mission, it sounds grandiose, but like… Like you said, the next building the next generation of healthy humans. And that really is my mission. Um, I think it's so important right now for for people to step up and educate about the truths of the health industry and how to really take back control of your health. So like it, it, that is my mission, and I do it in various ways. but um I, I do like taking a stand for helping to be a part of building the next generation of healthy humans.
0: So could you tell us a little bit more about like the specific things that you focus on and, you know, how do you particularly help your clients?
1: Great question. Yeah. So the core of what I do is teaching self-awareness and giving people the tools to take back control of their health. And that really is what it's about. Taking back control of your health. So I really feel like right now, most of us have outsourced our health. And we've completely forgotten about our ability to protect ourselves. You know, immune system is a big subject these days. And we're just at a point right now where most people simply don't trust their own bodies. And I do what I can to help people trust their bodies again.
0: Where did this interest stem from? Like where did it come from?
1: Uh, that's a, yeah, it's, it's a lifelong. You can call it an obsession. You know, my family, uh, you, you touched on the fact that I'm a cancer survivor, but I grew up in a family where my younger brother, Phil… When he was four years old, he was diagnosed with leukemia and he, I remember we were at Disneyland and every kid's, you know, going wild. Yeah, I'm at Disneyland. And he's like sleeping and we're like, Hey, you don't sleep in Disneyland. Something's wrong. And I took him to the hospital and found out like, you know, dramatically off with his white blood cell count. And then bam, found out he had leukemia. Previous to that, there was no health. issue. like, my family is really healthy. Right. Um, he survived and he's a celebrity trainer now, like just crushing it in LA, inspiring people to live healthier as I am. And it's a beautiful mission. But after he was considered cured, he was nine years old. So he fought leukemia for five years. It was it was rough. Um, and then my father was diagnosed with a very rare form of lung cancer, non-smoking lung cancer, which spread to the brain. And he died within a year of his diagnosis. It was crazy. Uh, like literally healthiest guy I've ever met, right? Took his lunch hours and ran. Uh, He looked like a Spartan warrior, just like peak shape. And cancer just just got him, you know? It it was just a shocker. And he died when I was 17. And then when I was 23, I got cancer. testicular cancer. But that's where my journey really started because I was… I declined chemo and radiation, right? And the doctors were. Why? (laughs) Uh, I I laughed there just because… Just thinking about the doctors… insisting. uh, So why did I choose no chemo radiation? (sighs) Two reasons. One, and to to be like brutally honest and (laughs) vulnerable here, I was terrified of being sick. And I knew because I didn't, when I had, when I found out I had cancer, I had pain, but I didn't feel sick. Right. And I, so we, we did the surgery, right? They took out, they removed, you know, a testicle and almost a testicle and a half with all the biopsies of the other one. And um, yeah, and then I, I, I was told that the cancer was mostly gone, you know, but they suggested to, for preventive, let's do a few rounds of chemo and radiation. And I said, no, I, I was terrified of being sick, you know, um, looking sick, going bald. And here's the, here's the most important part is I didn't want my family to find out. So I hid cancer from my family for years. We've been through enough cancer, right? I mean, brother, father, you know, like it it was, we were traumatized as a family. Like we don't show it on the exterior, right? But there's scars on the inside, you know, like we're all an extremely healthy family still. Uh, But that definitely left scars. So being sick is something that I avoid, which what I mean by avoid is I have made it my mission to fortify my system and to find mind, like healing of the mind, healing of the body, and teaching that. So that's that's really where the mission became, or the obsession, I should say, became a mission.
0: And how did you go about educating yourself? And and then what did you do? Uh, how did you start teaching what you found?
1: Yeah, great, great question. So I, I mean, look, my father died when I was seventeen. I was. Uh, my friends, but I was a head teen for the next two years, drinking and smoking and, and, you know, the whole bit. Destructive, basically, like just mad and destructive. Turned things around when I was 19 and right away became a personal trainer and personal training led to nutrition and nutrition led to, I I briefly went to university for kinesiology. I really, I was obsessed with the science of the body And then I realized I didn't want to study kinesiology and I just went rogue and started studying everything I can, like on my own. I ended up going into diagnostics so I'm a trained functional diagnostic nutritionist, which means I interpret lab results and and the blood just, yeah, so blood work talks to me. So that's one area that I really focus on.
0: And And why specifically that? are you someone who's, who just loves data? and?
1: I do. I do. I just find that we, again, like taking back control of your health is part of understanding that the human organism is so complex. But at the same time, once you understand certain basic things, you can see that this system that might seem so off or broken or, or disabled is actually, there's just a few little underlying things that you need to fix. And all of a sudden, a lot can get better. So I do think people overcomplicate health and nutrition we don't start with the basics you know we we try to leap forward and then try a little bit of this a little bit of that and don't have enough method behind it and blood work really gives me a great starting point to say hey guys look this is you're deficient in this this and this by boosting this this and this you're all of these symptoms that you're feeling are gonna can go away so yeah for me it just gives us a really rock solid starting point
0: yeah and when you look at helping your clients maybe we can go into like a particular example of like what that looks like. Like what are the things that you particularly look at and, you know, how do you go about implementing change?
1: Right. Great question. Because um, implementing change is, is really, it's tactical, but that's, that's a mindset, right? So I, the tools that I use, like I focus on gut health. I focus on inflammation. I focus on uh, metabolic health and hormone optimization. So those four pillars right there allow us, myself, and who I'm working with, to really feel like everything is comprehensively addressed and that we can make massive changes. You know, it's it's not just, of course, you know, you get the nutrition. The nutrition always plays into that. The lifestyle changes always play into that. But you really need to look at these four pillars. And that's how I've seen the most successes. But it takes a committed client, right? It takes someone who really wants to make that change to say, "Okay, I have, I don't, I'm not just addressing one thing. I'm, I'm going after all four here." But that's where the real magic
0: happens. Can you repeat the four pillars?
1: Yeah. So gut health, inflammation, which really do come hand in hand, um, and uh, like metabolic health, which is a big subject, but essentially it's it's your cellular health, like getting more antioxidant antioxidants in your diet is a good example. Uh, like it, it's actually quite small things, and supplements play a part in that. And then the, um, and then hormone optimization, because that's absolutely crucial. And so I've been on testosterone replacement therapy since I was 23, right? So mm. I, so I had the testicular cancer, they, they removed the machine and my body doesn't produce adequate levels of testosterone anymore. For the first two or three years after that experience, I had such a roller coaster of like you know, taking the wrong types of testosterone, you know, which were medically prescribed to me, trying all these different things and my my estrogen would fluctuate, then my progesterone, would, it was, I had to really become my own guinea pig and discover that just one hormone off can change everything. And it can also change your, change your cholesterol and it changes your liver values and it changes what nutrients you're absorbing. And and again, I'm thankful for this experience because now I can help people more. But uh, yeah, those are the four pillars that I have discovered that we can make the most significant change in your life
0: when we address all those. Okay. So there's a lot to dive into.
1: (laughs) Sorry, for everyone listening, I'm a big nerd, right? So yeah, the simpler you keep the quest. Yeah, No, and we're going to…
0: We'll nerd out a little bit. Mm. Top line nerd out. I like it. I think we, you mentioned supplements. So mm. I think that'll, mm. that might be a good starting point. I've been taking supplements ever since I can remember simply because my mom was the person who was like, you need to take your vitamins. Healthy mom. Yeah. Like a very healthy mom. Go mom. And no, but we're talking like, you know, six different supplements a day from the omega threes to the mm. vitamin C's, vitamin D and, and whatever else. So for me, it's been sort of a habit. And then I started doing my own research around Mm -hmm. what is it that we actually need?
1: Mm.
0: But more importantly, like, how do we find good quality supplements, right? Because what I've heard a lot of the time, and even people on this show that say, you know, there's a lot of brands that are, it's essentially expensive pee, (laughs) right? Where you just pay X amount of dollars per. um, Definitely. Yeah. So so I think the first question to you is. Mm how do we go about differentiating what is a good supplement versus not? And then we can start talking about like, what are the ones that we actually need?
1: I like that. That's a, that's a really, that's an important question. And so here's the thing. So supplements, a lot of people put up a guard right away when they hear supplements. And and I understand that. That can come from a variety of reasons. And one is just this mistrust in the industry because, and and the supplement industry has done it to itself. And, so I, own, I used to own a supplement company that specialized in metabolic health and, and inflammation, working on a new company right now with some incredible partners. Uh, and to address the misinformation and the misleading marketing claims that have just led to people being like, dude, this supplement told me it's going to do this and you know nothing happened or it told me this and then this happened. And this goes back to my method of helping people take control of their health. So your very simple question was like, how do we know the right, like how do we find a high quality supplement? You have to be an informed consumer. You have to do your research. Like you said, so your mom was giving you, you know, all the right stuff. You, from what I heard, it's like vitamin D, you know, like the, the basics, right? Uh, for immunity and for, for your just general health. Now, that's great that you know that supplements, but then when you go into quality, you really have to latch on to brands that are looking at their customers like clients like a brand that feels like a health coach that's the brand you want to latch on to you don't want to get like you know you don't want to do bargain shopping for supplements because typically the cheaper are the ones that haven't put in the years of research right they they haven't they don't have the Um, the labs that are certified by, could be the Olympic committee, could be the, you know, FDA audited as much as the FDA isn't the most reliable source. uh, They do have standards at least. And um, so you really need to find a company that is focused on coaching you and adding value to your life outside of supplements. That's my recommendation.
0: I think that's a good one. Now, looking at the ones that we need. Mm. So is, Mm -hmm. are there supplements that are you know, you generally le- recommend to, to everyone, like maybe it's the vitamin Ds or the magnesiums. But, yeah,
1: you know. yeah. Um, another great question. So let's take, we're, we're all in the same basic situation as modern day humans, right? We are all living in a very different world than our parents live. And uh, our grandparents forget it. That's a completely different world. It's like, incomparable. And what I mean by different world is food quality, has completely changed. There were no GMOs, you know, before the 50s and 60s, actually even 70s. Uh, there, were, there was not the harsh chemicals and pesticides in our food, which is stripping the nutrients of our body, which is depleting our good micro, um, like microbiota, which is the good bugs in our gut. It is completely, basically, we are dealing with a completely different set of challenges in our, in our health supply. So all modern day humans can benefit from, and you can note this down, probiotics and prebiotics a multivitamin for I would say 90% of the population and something to help control inflammation, right? So there's the basic stuff like turmeric, curcuma, but there's more advanced, more systemic uh, anti-inflammatory positive like herbs. There's ashwagandha. There's a lot of, there's adaptogens, which are really big. And of course, mushrooms. You know, the medicinal mushrooms, not the magic kind. The uh, mushrooms that have like super high levels of antioxidants and special uh, micronutrients that just fight inflammation on a systemic level.
0: Oh my God, so many questions. I, sorry, guys. Yeah, load. So, <laughs> so first question, prebiotic versus probiotic. Mm. What are they and what is the difference?
1: All right, so let's look at… So a prebiotic is like fertilizer for probiotics. So prebiotics come, prebiotics and probiotics both come from food, right? The probiotic being it's actually good bacteria. The prebiotic is going to create good bacteria. So let's break that down. Let's say you're eating a high fiber meal, right? And do you know what resistant starch is?
0: Go ahead.
1: Okay. Go into it. (laughs) All right. So resistant starch is a type of starch that resists digestion in your like small intestine, right? So it's, it starts to ferment in a positive way and creates, this is a prebiotic effect and starts to fuel your probiotics. So we need more foods that have these prebiotic fibers. Now, most vegetables do, legumes do, and, um, and you can take prebiotics as a supplement. In fact, I do every day. So just a prebiotic fiber um, powder basically added to my shakes. So they're both important. I can't say one's more important than the other, but you want prebiotics definitely through your nutrition. I would say it's probably less of an important supplement and more important for you to supplement probiotics, but it, that really does depend. Some people it's more important the other way, but you want to eat your prebiotics to create probiotics. I would rather people do everything naturally through their food The problem is we're just not there right now. You know, we we need more help than that. We need some supplementary help.
0: Why do you think we're not there? Is it an education thing? Uh,
1: Yeah, it's, well, okay. One of the problems is it's way too easy to get bad food. It's, if you're not shopping organic, and I don't want to sound like one of those guys, like, I don't want to sound like, I don't want to freak anyone out, but like the food supply is in a mess. It's in a messy state right now. And if we don't, again, this all comes back to helping you take charge of your health. If you're not shopping organic, you are definitely taking in pesticides and herbicides and glyphosate. Now, our body is amazing. It can, it can detox, it can handle a certain amount of these these compounds. But why I'm so focused on helping to be a part of those who create the next generation of healthy humans because the way we're going right now, it's going to be messier in 20, 30 years from now, right? So I'm seeing more Autoimmune disorders in the last three to five years than I did the whole 10 years before that. I'm seeing definitely more cancer. My goodness, cancer, not just my I'm seeing families, other, just people who are seemingly healthy, getting cancer left, right and center. Uh, thyroid disorders. I've never seen so many thyroid disorders. And if you look at all of these issues, this is a cellular issue. This is a communication issue between the immune system and the body that is dysregulated and a huge. Culprit of this is just our really shitty food supply. So, you know, hope that answered the question.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think one more question on supplements before, because I would love to get into nutrition. hope everyone's not checking out like, this guy's no, dark, no. man, I'm out. I think, you know, people need, people need to hear this. And I'm sure Amen. people love it. Amen. And you're doing a great job of simplifying as well, which is good. <laughs> what are some supplements that you're currently taking or that you're interested in that you know, might not be on the more commercial radar.
1: Mm. All right. So I'm, I'll give you, I'll give you two answers to that. Well, first is, and I kind of missed one on the other, like the essentials. One thing, because when I analyze blood, I see that most people, let's say eight out of 10 people that I analyze over any given week is is dehydrated, is chronically mild dehydrated. So we, we, most, everyone almost suffers from, low-grade inflammation, which low-grade inflammation basically means like your whole system's on fire a little bit. You know, it's, it's not like a massive swelling. In, it's just like your whole system's on fire a little bit. And that depletes your immune system because your immune system's rushing around trying to put out all these fires. So when you get a virus, you know, coming in, your body's like, can't deal with you right now, putting out fires. And that's how we get sick. So with inflammation, uh, sorry, with uh, hydration, it's very much the same. A lot of people are depleted in the minerals. So there's potassium, there's calcium, there's magnesium, there's phosphorus chloride. Uh, and we need all of sodium, of course, and we need all of these electrolytes in a proper balance or else we're going to be suffering from brain fog, energy issues in the afternoon, sleep issues even. And with long term, it can trigger um, like complete disorders, right? It can, it can actually turn its, your immune system on itself from being dehydrated for too long. So that's not a nerdy like secret supplement, but it is one of the most overlooked supplements, electrolytes. So guys, you got to stay hydrated. Because the water we're drinking right now is depleted. Like tap water, bottled water. It's like triple filtered ozone, ionized. And by the end, you, you have nothing left. So that is probably my secret weapon. And it sounds so simple, but electrolytes.
0: And do you… So, so for instance, I take Himalayan salt with Great. my water… Beautiful. Just Beautiful. once a day, like mm. in the mornings. just a like little pinch? Just, yeah, just yeah. a jumpstart the hydration process or the rehydration process. Right. Are there particular products that you can think of outside of just water to look at increasing electrolytes?
1: So, yeah. So sodium in your water is one of the best ways to instantly boost what is arguably one of the most important um, electrolytes, sodium, right? That controls the fluid balance in in your cells. Basically, having the right levels of sodium will create the right levels of hydration in every different part of your body, that's very important. But if you have too much sodium and you don't have enough potassium in your diet, you're going to create an imbalance. And all of a sudden, your body's going to have to pull potassium from places that potassium shouldn't be pulled from, and you're going to start suffering from cramps or brain fog. So if you're taking just sodium, that's okay. It's better than not taking sodium, like a pinch of sea salt. But you also have to say, okay, I'm giving my body extra sodium. Am I getting extra potassium as well? Or am I creating more of an imbalance? So to all those, especially athletes who are, are dumping in the sodium, it's good because you're losing the sodium in your sweat. But if you're not also getting high levels of potassium, you're going to cause problems. Okay.
0: Yeah. And what's the second supplement that you were going to mention?
1: Yeah, so… <sighs> unfortunately, it was just taken off the shelves all across America. Um, It's NAC, N-acetylcysteine. This has been a huge um, benefit to myself. So have you heard of NAC? No. Okay. So NAC is a very geeky, but very simple supplement that boosts our natural glutathione production. So it's it's a detox, basically. Uh, I don't like that word typically, but it's more important now than ever, right? So anytime we have pathogens in our system, which is constantly or high levels of inflammation, we have a lot going on in our system that is to some degree toxic. We need a pathway to get this out. Our body produces glutathione, which is our master antioxidant, which handles these. But by taking NAC, we're amplifying our glutathione production. So we're cleaning out our liver at a more efficient state. We're keeping our organs clean and it has also very big benefits to the respiratory system. So now in the time of COVID, NAC is one of the most important supplements that probably nobody knows about. Oh, very
0: interesting. Yeah, big,
1: It's really good stuff. Yeah. Other than that, I would say I've been turned on to chaga lately.
0: Can you tell me more about chaga, what it is, what it's done for you maybe particularly?
1: All right. So as of today, it's been about eight days that I've first started this like very deep brew chaga uh, tea. And now reishi, so all these different mushrooms, right? There's turkey tail, there's reishi, there's there's a lot, right? I'm not going to name them all, but they all have specific purposes. Some are used as nootropics, like brain boosting, focus boosting. When it comes to chaga, it really is just this medicinal dose of antioxidants. And the benefits that I've seen in the past like eight days has been without question... Better energy levels sustained throughout the day without question and a sharper level of focus. Like, I really do feel like my memory recall is sharper. I just feel the sense of clarity. So, it's been only eight days. I don't usually like to talk about supplements that I haven't really put through the ringer and tested, but so far I can say I'm impressed. Okay. Yeah. And on paper, it's a really impressive supplement too.
0: Okay. I definitely want to check out then. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. Now, let's jump into nutrition. Can we talk a bit about your general nutrition principles. And the reason I'm asking about that is because more and more you see these diets that come across, whether it's keto, paleo, vegan, carnivore, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) And um, I think it's confusing for people to understand just the general principles of what they should be looking at rather than jumping from From one to the other. Because it's so easy to just get stuck in one. Yeah. Not see the results after one month. And then say, okay, I'm going to try something else.
1: That didn't work. Next. Yeah. So do you have…
0: Maybe also just from your personal experience of what you focus on.
1: Sure. Lay the foundation. So create a foundation for yourself that first eliminates the trigger foods. So where… I would say almost everybody will benefit from is eliminate refined sugars, eliminate dairy, and we can get into that, and eliminate refined grains for, let's say, 30 days. Give yourself… So think about dairy, grains, and sugar. The average human has not gone a week of their life without one of these three things in their diet, right? In fact, the average the average, average human has not gone a day in their life Without sugar, dairy, or grains, right? It's what we grew up on. cereal It's just sandwiches, you know. It it's just there. It appears. So, by eliminating these three trigger foods, we have already just jumped so far ahead in nurturing our inner health that a lot of other diets just aren't necessary. After that, you know, like that, literally is all most people need. Now, other than that, I'm a just like a huge proponent of. Organic in quality, right? So, like, here's another thing eliminate artificials. Now, a lot of people see zero sugar oh, free pass. You know, that's great. I will tell you from experience that working with people who went way overboard on the artificial sweeteners, you pay for it years later. It causes a serious dysbiosis in the gut, right? So, a great foundation to any diet is eliminate what I call the ugly three, which is the grains, the sugar, the dairy, and then I should say four with the artificials. Right there, I would say 80% of humans will have a massive result in their overall look and feel.
0: Okay. I got advice, I think a few months ago from, from a doctor. And he said, if you look at the packaging and there are ingredients on there that you can pronounce, it's probably best that you don't eat that food. Exactly. Yeah. I and- think also like common sense has to sort of come into play, right? Where it's like, okay… You know, this has been packaged in this factory and it has these ingredients and it has this right. and it has that. Maybe just stay away from it. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's very wise. That's great, <laughs> great recommendation. And some, so the one of the biggest problems with us as where we are with our diet is we don't question the source of our food. We have no idea where the source of our food came from. Like we don't, most people don't know what a garden looks like anymore, Right. And that, right, it, it's tragic, but it's just the reality of what we live in. And so my, my, the, what, I, what I just urge people to, to experience is follow your food back to the source. It might be hard. What I mean by hard, it might be you don't want to see it sometimes, but sometimes what you need to see to say, my God, I'm putting that in my body. So again, going back to like the, what I really try to do is empower people to take back their health you can't take back your health if you don't know what the source is of your food, you know, of your water, of all these different things. Like we need more control over that. And once we have more understanding behind it, we start to make better decisions because it just becomes intuitive actually. So yeah, quality, starting by looking at your labels, be label smart, read. And if you see, you know, ingredients that have, either numbers beside it and behind it like FDC blue number 15 (laughs) whoa you know like what is that and do I really want that in my body and then when you start to do the research you realize okay this a lot of health issues are preventable by the simplest things
0: are there particular foods that you always have in your fridge or usually have in your fridge
1: okay great question I love I love turning it on to me right so because it you have to in in doing what I do, you have to live by example, right? And I really feel like um, there are certain things that I've been doing for so many years that I can definitively say that, okay, this really does work. So one of the first things, again, let's, I'm going to turn it around on you a little bit. You asked what is in my kitchen. I'll tell you in a sec, but I'll tell you what's not in my kitchen. You will not find vegetable oils. So that's canola oil, soy oil, corn oil, all the, so canola oil, I need to talk about that. If you guys, whoever's listening, if you have canola oil in your house, just throw it away and replace it with olive oil. Canola oil is highly inflammatory, very bad for our insulin hormone. We're, there's new studies coming out where this is a trigger to a lot of people's autoimmune. It's a mess. So basically, the only oils you should have in your house is olive oil and coconut oil. That's basically it. Butter, sure, fine, no issues. But nothing of the vegetable sort. It's really bad for inflammation. Foods that I have in my house, I mean, always frozen berries actually. Frozen berries are a big one. Uh, people ask why frozen instead of fresh. Honestly, I live in Dubai, so fresh isn't really a thing. And if it's flown from whatever country, it's not as fresh as it looks. And a lot of times frozen is is better in this case. Uh, always fridge stocked with, uh, with veggies, but like the, the staples is lots of spices. These are very high in antioxidants. Um, and I always, I do have whey protein. That's a staple of the kitchen because it's a meal on the go anytime. And which I put in my prebiotic fiber with the frozen berries. It makes a perfect meal on the go. Pretty, that's pretty, that's the basics. That's the foundation.
0: Why whey protein and not vegan protein?
1: Good question. So I, I was vegan for four years. Uh, pure, 100% vegan for four years. And then vegetarian for a couple of years after that. During that time, I can say that I, not, I can't say like I wasn't in the best health care, but I definitely had more gut issues, right? So the, the plants, the high phytic acid are triggers to, to gut issues, right? It, it's, they're, they're anti-nutrients. So now I'm on a pescatarian diet uh, and whey protein. So back to your very simple question is whey protein actually has immune boosting properties that vegetable protein does not. It has more glutamine, which is gut building. Uh, and it is just more bioavailable. So like, let's say you have a 25 grams of whey protein, whey isolate. You're going to absorb about 22 grams of that. If you have 25 grams of plant protein, you'll be lucky to absorb maybe like 18 to 20, even if they're complete proteins, right? And it is a little bit more inflammatory by nature. It doesn't matter who it's in. It's a little bit more inflammatory. So I tend to lean towards whey protein, but it must be grass-fed. Cannot have artificial sweeteners. No sucralose, no isofame, potassium, no aspartame.
0: Okay. And that makes sense. Yeah. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. What are some of the biggest myths that you've heard in regards to nutrition? Particularly people who say, this is good for you, but… There's so many. Yeah. Give me like the <laughs> where ones where maybe you feel the listeners would benefit most from from going against those Sure, myths.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, okay. So one thing is that… so all fat is equal myth. All fat is not equal. There are vast difference between what different fats do in your body. This is why I'm so adamant about cleaning out the vegetable oils or the margarine worst invention ever. Uh, and basically in enforcing or, or reinforcing the natural, you know, the unrefined, like butter is so much better than margarine, by the way. There's so... I do think that a lot of people got so afraid of fat that they just said, "Okay, all fat is fat, and we're just gonna leave. We're just gonna keep it low, basically." Or if you're keto, this is actually a, a bigger problem for a lot of people: is that if anything goes with fat, right? The bacon, you know, whatever it is that's fat is good fat, which is not true. So you see a lot of people drop weight on keto because they're managing their insulin hormone, cutting carbs they've never done in their life, but then they're getting crazy inflammation levels. Like when I read blood on some people who's doing dirty keto, it's ugly. It's, it's, it's actually scary. So one myth is that all fats are the same and they just are not.
0: Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Another question on this is you're talking about blood and blood results. How do we, or what do we particularly test, or what kind of tests should we be taking on a more regular basis? Because I feel like uh, everything should be data based, right? Like, we, because another thing is like, not every diet works for every person. Mm -mm. Uh, There's some vegans that, are thriving some are not absolutely one hundred percent carnivores that are thriving and are there not. are
1: I've, I've met some you know like th- so just to stop you on that like the, to a diagnostic nutritionist or i think to any even like clinical nutritionist or almost any nutritionist the concept of the carnivore diet seems absolutely ridiculous right but we're seeing so many people get results on it and what that is it's very simple so what that is, is that you're removing all of the inflammatory triggers that are the, the you know, the plant proteins, the refined this, the sugars. The, so you're just, it's the ultimate elimination diet. That's it. So it's not that that's a great diet. It's just a great reset to find, okay, there's no more triggers. Perfect. Now we can start introducing food. So um,
0: I got off topic. So the, the blood test. The ah, blood yeah. test. Yeah.
1: Okay. There's a lot of geeky numbers that I, I'm not going to start like saying out. But first. You can't. And you, what you said about data is you can't change what you don't know, right? You just can't. Change, you can't adjust what you don't know as a baseline. So we need to peek inside. You know, like imagine you drove a car and never changed the oil. Things are going to start to break down, right? So you got to clean the oil, but you can't. What kind of oil do you need? You have to read the engine. You have to read the labels, right? So we need the data of what's going on inside. And the general is like CBC, complete blood count, your liver values, your lipids, which is your cholesterol and your triglycerides and your, you know, your kidney function. And I would definitely thyroid. So check out your, and for the men, check out your testosterone. And this will, that, that was very basic by the way, but that will, so it's better than nothing. Cause most people I say, when's the last time you checked your blood? And they kind of give me this stuff like, oh, years. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, I get that. You know, it's not easy to go check your blood. You have to go you make an appointment, you know, you get a little jab, but please guys, just if you haven't done it for years, just go get a basic blood test and just see what's going on. You know, you might find, oh, sorry, very important. And if you're listening to this and you're a nerd like me, write this down. ESR, CRP, Vibrinogen, and Homocysteine. These are your four inflammatory markers and they won't test that if you don't ask them. Now, by having these four tests, you can find out how much inflammation is going on in my system and they are very accurate hundred percent of the time. So if your CRP is high and your fibrinogen, you know, ooh, okay, there's, there's some stomach inflammation here. I'm inflamed. And then you start checking things off the list. Am I eating the wrong fats? You know, uh, how's my cholesterol? how is the relationship between those two? And then you can start to say, okay, I've maybe forget calories right now. Maybe forget this weight loss or intermittent fasting. I need to change this. I need to focus on this right here. Cause this is the data just showed me that this is off. And whatever in your life you might have felt was a little bit off, it very well could be because of that inflammatory um, environment that was in your system that you would have never known about had you have not checked.
0: Get your blood tested.
1: Get your blood tested.
0: And you know what I like is that you are basically telling people, get your blood tested and there'll be certain things that you can do yourself, right? Because often… Absolutely. Because what I realize often, whether it's here in Dubai or somewhere else in the world, mm-hmm. if you have… The GP look at the mm. test results. That could get messy. It could yeah, get messy. That can get messy. What I what I, what I realized: high. Here's some
1: Lipitor. It's like, ooh, yeah.
0: <laughs> like rather than having particular lifestyle yeah. changes or diet or sleep or exercise or whatever, it's medicine. And and I, our mutual friend Doctor Naz. I went to see him. Big fan. Two years ago, um, and I did a blood test with him. And when the results came out, he was like, "Listen, everything's fine. Uh, it looks perfect." He's like, "But can you bring in your supplements? Let's have a look at them." And I was like, "Okay." He was like, "Your magnesium is a little low." And I was like, "Oh, well, I'm taking whatever like 800 mg a day or whatever Ox- it was." I bet you it was oxide, right? Yeah. And <laughs> he was like, "Your." He's like, it's, "Firstly, it's not a good brand. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you know, you need to increase it a little bit. You need to do this. Mm-hmm. You need to do that." And. That's my point, right? Like you could be yeah. taking all the supplements yeah. in the world, yeah. but one, it might not be enough or two, mm-hmm. it might be too much. Yeah, absolutely. It, it can go both ways. Yeah. It or it might not be ways. the right kind, right?
1: As you experienced. Yeah. So let's just wrap back really quick to the GP thing. And again, nothing against doctors in any way. They saved my brother's life. You know, they, they helped me out with my surgery, but the current medical system is not set up for prevention. It's just, oh, it's like, find a symptom and cure the symptom. It's nothing to do with find the problem, cure the problem, right? It's find the symptom, cure the symptom. Or treat the symptom, not even cure. So whatever is off on your blood. I mean, look, you can reverse type 2 diabetes with your diet and lifestyle. Very easy. We do it in three, four months with the average person. So up to six months, even sometimes up to a year, but you can reverse type 2 diabetes in as short as three months with lifestyle changes and diet only. Um, mark my word on that. I know that's, mm-hmm. that's a controversial subject, but believe me, <laughs> you, it can be done. It's been done thousands of times. Uh, so yes, whatever when, your blood is telling you, you know, no, no worries. Or even if you, it says you're normal, you do want to get a, a second opinion from a functional medicine doctor, like Dr. Nas or someone, because the normal range is so massive. Like here's an example. The normal range for a man testosterone, have you had your testosterone test? Yeah. Okay, so the normal range is between 250 and 900, right? Depending on where you're in the world, it might be between 200 and 1,000. But basically, let's say between 250 and 900. So if a man is anywhere on that scale between 250 and 900, that be considered normal. But I'll tell you from experience, <coughs> very, very close intimate experience, if your testosterone is... 250 or 300, you're going to feel like crap. Like you're not going to be, you're not going to put on muscle in the gym. You're going to work your ass off. You're just going to create more inflammation because you're going to have an adrenal response and you're going to be breaking down muscles. You're catabolic. You're going to see stairs and you're going to be like, oh, where's the elevator? It's not a good feeling. Right. And if you're 900, you're going to be like a teenager again. Right. So this is a huge range and this is the basis of most blood tests. So again, get your blood test, but also have, do your own research as well. What really is a normal range? Where should, like vitamin D is another example. You might see between number 30 and 50 is, you know, normal. I want my clients 80. I want, I want me to be always over 80. So you, there's a difference between normal and optimal. I want people to be optimal.
0: That's, yeah, that's great advice. (laughs) Hope it helps. That's great advice. Yeah.
1: Well, if you, you can actually just literally, if you, whoever's listening to this, if you test your blood, send me a DM on, on Instagram,
0: I will interpret it for free. That's amazing. Thank you for that. That's what I love to do. Where can people go to find reliable information? Like what you're talking about now, let's say testosterone, for Mm. instance, and people want to do a bit more research on that. Mm -hmm. Also, when you, you know, Google testosterone and whatever else, like there's a lot of websites that come up that might not be very reliable.
1: Yeah. Conflicting information, right? Yeah. But that is the world we live in, right? So where do you start? I mean, always find someone really, really smart who knows their stuff in health and find out what they do. You know, success leaves clues, right? So that's one of the best things is like, look in your immediate circle of friends and find the healthy guy and ask him what he's doing. And not just the buff guy, the healthy guy, find the healthy guy. There's the difference. So, other than that, you just have to do like relentless research. And also it has to feel right, right? So another, when I, when I say that like we don't trust our bodies anymore, as I like like we have outsourced our health and we really don't trust our bodies. We also don't trust our decisions sometimes. So we have to really focus on, okay, I'm committing to this and I'm going to do the research. I'm not going to be distracted by, I'm, I'm going to, feel intuitively like what feels right to me and the same goes for diet too a lot of times so you really just have to be your own researcher right now yeah yeah dig deep go through all you know f- through the clutter you have to re- research
0: and i think a good starting point is your website which will definitely <laughs> Thank you. we'll link in the show <laughs> I love notes. that
1: that is a good starting point
0: i think it I think it really is a bit it's it's all encompassing doesn't necessarily focus on one particular topic and it gives a really good breakdown of at least top line what you should be looking at
1: thank you yeah i mean look i'm 39 now i've been a trainer since i was 20 and a nutritionist since i was 22 so like 18 years almost doing this there's a lot of information that i have learned a lot of things that i used to do that i do very different now and I've found that the past five years have really just been reinforcing all of the things that I've learned. And now I'm really ready to share with confidence, you know, cause it's, it's just proven itself over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we spoke about eating. Let's speak about not eating. <laughs> I like it. Fasting, intermittent fasting, particularly. Uh, Could you give us a brief on what it is and we'll take it from there.
1: Sure. Sure. Look, intermittent fasting, if you have Instagram, you've probably seen someone trying to sell you intermittent fasting, right? <laughs> Which in concept is like, so I used to work at a fasting retreat, right? So I'm like, at first I was like, people are going to pay for vacation to come and not eat? Like that's the <laughs> opposite of a vacation, right? Who are these people that's going to show up? They're nuts. Uh, but I, I, started, I understood it. So from so when I was dealing with my cancer and I and it, declined chemo radiation, I had to get very creative with my immune system, right? So um, ketosis, actually, I, was, I did key, like clinical keto for like almost two years. And fasting was a huge part of that, right? So lots of fasting. And intermittent fasting is, to put very simply, it's, it's obviously like timed eating. You eat through only a certain window. Most people can consider eight hours, right? So you're not eating for about 16 to 18 hours, give or take. And there are... It's a beautiful concept because most of us have forgotten what real hunger is like. Like who, who really knows what real hunger is like? Have you ever gone four days without food? That's real hunger. You know, in, if, you, if you miss lunch and you're starving before dinner, it's not real hunger, right? That's your blood sugar playing tricks on you saying like, oh, we've never gone eight hours without food. What's happening? Are we going to die? So intermittent fasting is a great way to recalibrate that hunger switch and I think everyone needs to try it, at least. Do I think everyone needs to do it for a long time? No. It's not the right prescription for everyone, especially women with thyroid issues. We need a little bit of insulin in their system to produce more T3 and T4 hormones. So it's I do recommend everybody try it. And if you're like, oh, this is not so bad. Like, I, I can do this. Fantastic. You are a candidate for intermittent fasting. But if, if it's grueling and you're like, oh my God, I'm dizzy and I'm like my blood sugar and then it's not the right thing for you or you need to, that's a diagnosis. Oh, something's wrong. You can't intermittent fast. Your body was designed to intermittent fast. You know, they didn't have fridges, you know, thousands of years ago. Like our, our DNA, our metabolic system was designed to go extended periods without food. So if you can't, there's a problem.
0: Okay. Do you do it? Consistently, or you know, do you take breaks from it?
1: I definitely I don't do it anymore right now. Um, I've I love breakfast, I love dinner. And between those is barely enough time to intermittent fast. So uh look, if I I I go through different phases and I I actually advise my clients to do the same, right? That you can't be you know, like playoff ready all year round, right? It's exhausting. So intermittent fasting, again, if it comes naturally to you, if it's, if you don't like breakfast anyways, and you have dinner at 7 PM and then, you know, your next meal is easily 11 or noon or one, fine, perfect. You are intermittent fasting lifestyle ready. Uh, but me personally, it's, I actually have found that if I like to train in the morning and My rule for intermittent fasting and for anyone listening is if you're intermittent fasting and you're training, you must eat within an hour of training. Because if you don't, your inflammation is going to rise. Your cortisol is going to rise and you're going to cause yourself adrenal stress. So that is a a limiting factor for me. If you train in the morning, you must eat.
0: Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I also realized with intermittent fasting, and this is just my thinking is that when you do it for a year straight without any breaks, I think it's less effective than whether you maybe do it with breaks in between. Is that yeah. right?
1: Uh, it's a good question because your metabolism is smart, right? So I, I, I love the term metabolic flexibility, right? And intermittent fasting is a big part of metabolic flexibility. It's, it's regulation of your blood sugar hormones, right? Your, and even your glucagon, which is releasing blood sugar. Um, instead of storing it. So, but is it going to get less effective? So, okay, here's the first question. Why are you intermittent fasting? And that's a question for anyone listening to is, are you intermittent fasting for fat loss? Are you intermittent fasting for autophagy, for the benefits of cellular regeneration? Are you intermittent fasting for detox purposes? What are you intermittent fasting for? And I think once you evaluate that, then what protocol you are, like, is this for life or am I going to do it? So also intermittent fasting means different things to different people. It could be you're only, you, you have a 24 hour fast on the weekends, you know? So it really is different for everyone. And I think that if you're intermittent fasting seven days a week and with the same window, I'd say, yeah, give yourself a break, switch it up, switch yeah. it up. Cause the body gets smart quick, right? Our body loves rhythms. It becomes very efficient with rhythms. So I, I actually almost going back on what I said, I do agree that it could Become less effective because your body falls into a rhythm. It predicts what's going to happen. It says, "Okay, you're not going to feed me between this time and this time. I'm going to hold on to this meal. I'm going to get you know." And, and it, could, the body's smart, man.
0: Yeah, that yeah. that was exactly my thinking. Yeah, what you just closed yeah. on. Yeah. If someone wanted to start today, and you know, we've spoken about several methods to to get into it, but what's sort of the most accessible one to give it a shot
1: as far as intermittent fasting goes? Yeah. I would say the simplest way is skip breakfast, right? Because again, a lot of people, dinner's family time, right? It's not or, or dinner's business time, right? So when I, I'll, I'll just get, speak from my own experience and working with clients as well. When we say, okay, you're going to eat lunch at noon. You're going to have a snack at four. You're going to eat dinner at 7 p.m. Repeat. That tends to be the easiest Phase of intermittent fasting for most people. If I tell someone who's new to intermittent fasting, okay, you're going to start skipping dinners, they're going to be like, oh, well, that's, I mean, that's family time. What do I do? So I just say, look, can you skip breakfast? Most people can. So that that's where I start.
0: And also think there's a difference between like waking up and being hungry versus going to sleep hungry. Right. Mentally.
1: Right. Yeah. You're right. It, it, especially if you already have sleep issues and, and your mind is already chattering, then you're just going to be thinking about food. Yeah. However, so I love that you just said that. I would prefer people to go to bed hungry. That is your optimal time to detox. At night is actually your peak time to recover. That's where you want the biggest push of growth hormone. That's when it's a very critical time. There's a lot going on while you're sleeping. So I would prefer an empty stomach before bed. But for me, it's simply not convenient.
0: Yeah. I stop eating, I think, three or of- four three and a half hours before I sleep. Perfect. And honestly, it's just, if I, if I eat late and go to sleep, I mean, your body's working all night, right? Oh, it's a bad night, isn't it? Night, right? Oh, yeah. No,
1: it's, it's an ugly night. Yeah, yeah. No, I never get horrible. good sleep if I do that. It happens from time to time, you know? Uh, and you, you always are reminded, like, don't do that again. Yeah. yeah. Your body does not want to digest overnight. It wants to upregulate its cellular regeneration. It wants to clean out the liver. You know, it wants to burst its growth hormone, and testosterone. It does not want to digest.
0: If you do eat, a bit later on and let's say you're starving and you just want like a late night snack Mm -hmm. that's relatively easy on the body. Do you have any recommendations there?
1: Optimally nothing that's going to upset your blood sugar too much. So, so really good question because there's, there's two sides So my clients who don't sleep well, especially those who are low carbers, they will sleep better from having a little shot of carbs before sleep. With carbs, you have blood sugar, blood sugar will stimulate a little serotonin release. And that will trigger a melatonin release and all of a sudden you'll sleep really, really well. So for some people, a little shot of carbs, like a little bowl of oatmeal or a little bowl of even, even like rice with some lemon or something or whatever you put with your rice. Uh, but I wouldn't have how, like heavy digesting proteins. Then there's the other side. I don't know if, if you were following like the, do you ever heard of Get Some Ice Cream? No. Okay, this was Dave Asprey's recipe way back. Like when Dave Asprey first started his, Like the biohacking, like I remember get some ice cream was like, I think I heard it from Tim Ferriss, six full eggs. No, six egg yolks, six egg yolks, like half a stick of butter, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, and two scoops of whey protein all mixed up. It's a fat bomb frozen. It's delicious. It'll shock you how how delicious it is. And you have like two spoonfuls of that. And because of the high density of saturated fats, you get an extra testosterone. Because by the way, cholesterol builds testosterone, right? So without cholesterol in your system, you cannot build testosterone. That's science. So by having this shot of high saturated fats before bed, you're amplifying your testosterone production. And it works.
0: Wow. Yeah. I love that. Get some ice cream. I'm going to try that. I I
1: haven't said that
0: for years. When is the last time you, do you have it often or? No,
1: I haven't had it for, since I was in the detox resorts. like like, uh, my God, five years ago. Really?
0: That's why I haven't I'm talked about it. I'm making it
1: tonight though. Yeah. <laughs> now I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> I like that.
0: Okay. I want to transition into uh, a completely separate topic, which is stress and stress management. We're obviously going Big through topic. collectively a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. And um, some people struggle with uh, stress more than others. but. I feel there is, let's call them coping mechanisms or Mm -hmm. mechanisms to uh, mitigate stress that are more effective than others. Mm -hmm. Just from a personal standpoint, what have you done to effectively deal with stressful events, whether it's, you know, through COVID or just in life?
1: Sure. Um, So what I've missed out in in this whole conversation was because you asked some really on point questions and how I work and... I come from a perspective that most illness and disease stems from stress, which stems from us being spending too much time in sympathetic activation, right? So sympathetic activation is our fight or flight. So a a stress relieving technique that works is anything that brings you out of sympathetic activation. One of the best things, and I'm just so thankful it's a huge blowing up trend now is breath work right? So let's say you and I were having this conversation. Our brain right now is in beta waves, right? We're, we're intellectually focused, right? We're kind of problem solving. We're, we're, we're not in like that artistic creative flow, right? Even though it is maybe a flow state, um, we're in like the border of parasympathetic sympathetic, right? But if you're in the office all day and you have, you know, deadlines and you have, you know, things that you have to perform, 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 The brain perceives danger, so we're stuck in sympathetic activation. I would say that the quickest way to reset your system and go into soothe, which is parasympathetic, which is rest and digest, is box breathing. It's my favorite technique for just centering you instantly. And box breathing is a controlled breathing where you're inhaling for four seconds, holding for four seconds, exhaling for four seconds, holding for four seconds. It could be five, 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 five. Could even go, I've heard of some people doing seven, 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 seven. I'm happy with five or six personally. But what that does is just two or three rounds, which is 16 to 32 seconds or 32 to 48 seconds is you, you completely shift your system out of, I'm in danger. I need to protect myself too. I'm chill. Yeah. I, can, I can now digest. It's, it's massive.
0: And you become so present as well because so all of a sudden massive. you're paying attention to what's in front of you. You're here. Yeah. Because
1: instead of being in the head, you're in the heart yeah. it, or in the lungs. It, it's, it's profound and what, simple and free
0: free is it's, a big free. One. Yeah. it's free breath work i mean for me meditation has been huge my pillar yeah. basically yeah and i realize it so strongly like when i miss my morning meditation or evening uh, i do two times a day mm-hmm. i'm just a different a different person
1: and yeah and that so meditation tends to for some people put up a little bit of a wall I know my mother's going to be listening to this and she's so switched on to her health. She is the healthiest woman, like bulletproof, unstoppable, like probably six hours of exercise, like organic, only unbelievable. But I think uh, meditation has been one of those things that's a block. And so for all those who are like my mom is what would be your recommendation? Cause I know you've been breathing for, I mean, you've been doing meditation for what, 15 years or more.
0: Yeah. I think, um, and and I I recently became a meditation teacher. Well,
1: there you um, now I have a question for you.
0: Earlier this let's turn year. turn this around. Yeah, let's turn it around. Earlier this year, and the reason I wanted to become one was uh, I realized tremendous benefits from it. But it was at that time not really my in my comfort zone to pass on the gift. I love that. Right, or like yeah. uh, feel confident enough to say, okay, this is how you need to do it because it's different for everyone, right? It's not something where I can, where I can sit here and say, okay, do this and do that and do this because mm-hmm. it worked for me. It's going to work for you. So my recommendation firstly is don't see meditation as meditation, right? Like don't see it as sitting with your legs crossed, with your eyes closed and focusing mm-hmm. on your breath. Like see it as whatever works for you to disconnect can be meditation. For me, for instance, meditation could be going for a run, right? It could be I see. playing tennis but it could also be sitting down with my legs crossed for sure. 20 minutes and focusing on sure. my breath. So that's one. And I think making it accessible and making it not intimidating is an important one. It's huge. I, for me, my biggest recommendation is always, if you don't want to do it, the tradi- let's call it the traditional sure. way, yeah. go for a walk and leave your phone at home. Right? Like, Maybe start, maybe start with that because what meditation, yeah, what meditation does is essentially you just have to face whatever's going on in your head, right? And we're very easily distracted. So, Mm -hmm. and, and, and our distractions could be anything from watching Netflix to looking at our phone, to having a conversation, whatever it Mm -hmm. may be, rather than dealing what is going on in our minds. Mm -hmm. Like whenever we have a tough, a tough thought, immediately it's Instagram or immediately it's Netflix or immediately it's something else. Coping coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So, and even in our day-to-day, like you mentioned, you know, if you're at the office, you're going to go from one meeting and quickly checking your phone, then jumping into another meeting, then Mm -hmm. quickly checking your phone and then working on something. What if you focus on your breath for 30 seconds, right? Like you just go from one spot to the next, but in between you have these little breaks of absolute presence, right? Where you just connect with your breathing. For me, that's meditation. So now I'm saying is, I like that. Do 30 seconds today.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Don't do 10 minutes. Don't enroll in a course. Don't (laughs) do all these things where you, I'm not saying that it's not going to work, but I believe that building habits, you have to start with the tiniest possible access
1: point. Make it accessible. Make it accessible.
0: Whether that's with working out, with sleep, but definitely Mm. with meditation, is like start as small as possible. Mm. So go for a walk today. Without your phone, maybe write down three lines of what, what's going on in your head or focus on, you know, 30 seconds of breathing. Love uh, that. And then you can start building from there because all of a sudden, like maybe after those 30 seconds, you're like, oh my God, like I feel better after those 30 seconds. Maybe tomorrow I'll do a minute.
1: I love that. Okay. So thank you for that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, I'm, you've already actually helped me explain to someone else. And what you just, so the nerd in me is like dopamine dopamine. So we don't, humans don't like to suck at things. We don't, right? It, it makes us feel like now we're not going to be part of the tribe, right? So now we're on the outside. Oh my gosh, like they're not accepting me. So meditation, I love the 30 second thing because a lot of people can make it to 30 seconds, but after 45, 60, the mind wanders and it's like instantly failed. I can't meditate. So by 30 seconds, I got it. Yeah. I might not, I might not have nailed it, but I got it. I did 30. Perfect. So that's a victory. You're building dopamine. Now your brain is going to say, congratulations, reward. Ooh, we like this. Now the next day, you'd maybe do 35 seconds. I love that. And that's really good.
0: And a couple more things like you, what you said. So I prefer, I mean, everyone should prefer small victories over medium failures. right? So a small victory would be the 30 seconds mm-hmm. of breathing. Mm-hmm. A medium failure would be 60 seconds and you say, I suck Yeah. afterwards. Amen. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the cool things about meditation is you know, I've been doing it for a very long time, but I still have days where there's so much going on in my head that I don't have a meditation session where I come out of it and I'm like, I feel like a million bucks. Sure. I'll come out of it and I say, I feel like crap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like yep. I actually feel worse after it than I did before. Interesting. And that's completely okay. You know, that. that's another thing to keep in mind. Like Truthful. When you meditate, you're, you're often going to think, am I doing it Right. I know or I did. Yep. is this the way that it should be yeah. or why am I thinking about all this stuff? And the easiest tip I can give is that let's say you're doing it for 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, whatever it is, focus on your breath. Whenever your mind wanders, bring it back to focus on your breath, breath right? Yeah, breath is the key. That for sure. is yeah. like a rep in the gym, yeah. right? Yep. So, so bringing it back mm. is the repetition. Well, but like being that. aware of that, okay, it's wandered. wander, yep. I'm going to bring it back, which is fine. Which is
1: fine. It's going to wander.
0: Which is fine. Yep. It's going to wander. Bring it back. Mm. And then that's the rep. I like and then that. you just One keep rep. going through that. Keep going through that. And then you build, because it's a muscle, right? Yeah, sure. you got to make it stronger. So then repetition comes into play and mm. et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but yeah, going back to dealing with stress and stressful mm. uh, situations, you mentioned breath work. Box breathing, funnily enough, I do that at night. Like I do it in bed before I sleep. Okay. Because um, it also helps. If, if you go to bed with too much on your mind, mm-hmm. I feel like box breathing just completely just mellows you 100%. out. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that you do um, to deal with stressful events or any advice you can give us?
1: So, yes, there's... So your mental state and your body's physiology are, are closely tied, right? So there are, I mean, exercise is, it's the simplest, but it is one of the best stress relievers because it's not just the action of exercising. It's actually a physiological response. Like you are changing neurohormones. You are actually building new neural pathways. You are building resilience against the next time you're stressed, you'll be less stressed. So I would say exercise is like the must do. So that that's one thing. If you're stressed and you're not exercising, you got to exercise. That's a very simple, okay, I can tell you why you're stressed. It's because you're not letting this out. There's energy built up in your body and it's staying in your body and that's toxic. So exercise number one. So breathing is the simple, all day accessible tool. You don't have to have a gym membership. You don't have to get in the car and park and change. It's just there. So box breathing is number one because it's easy and accessible. Exercise is just non-negotiable. If you're stressed, you have to exercise. Um, I do... I'm trying to think of like, what, what's, what's a little gem. I have to say going back to the binaural, be- I'm sorry, the, <laughs> I just hinted at what it is, binaural beats. <laughs> so for, I don't know how you feel about binaural beats, but I have felt that since I've been listening to binaural beats, which is going on several years now, probably, probably four, four to five years, it has helped me become almost immune to a lot of things that would be stressful so for example if i'm in the office i will i have my big sony like noise canceling headphones and i'm listening to alpha wave or theta wave binaural beats usually for productivity it's alpha wave and i find that that is so soothing to me i'm in my own little ecosystem that even emails that i'm dealing with i'm just not that affected by what would be rising bubbling up stress so I personally love binaural beats. It's like my shield. It's like if I'm in a cafe and like I personally, I don't want to listen to the radio. I don't want all these different things coming in. So I just have my binaural beats bubble. And I found that that's been huge for me.
0: That's massive. Cause that's advice that we haven't received that I haven't heard of yet. Okay. Which is fantastic. Glad to
1: pass that on. It Look, it's worked for me. I have sent probably <laughs> hundreds of clients, different <laughs> YouTube clips because, because it's, it's, It's not well-known, binaural beats. And once you, but I will say, I would say probably 90% of people who try it, I get an email back like, whoa, that was deep. It could be a little annoying at first, you know, depending on what tracks you have. But I highly recommend if you haven't tried binaural beats, just uh, you need headphones, pop them in and just fly away.
0: Okay, amazing. Yeah. Just a final question to sort of wrap it up. like, Are there any other health hacks? or any other things that you really want to share that you feel people are going to strongly benefit from?
1: So we've talked about supplements. We've talked about intermittent fasting. We talked about stress reduction, health hacks. I would say the one thing that we're missing most in this modern day is our connection with nature. And I, so I'm from Canada, right? The mountains and the lakes, and I live in Dubai. Right, um, years ago I lived in the jungle in Brazil, literally in a tree house in the middle of the rainforest. Long story. Uh,
0: <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And then Thailand. So like, the outdoors has been it's 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 just a, a core element in my life, and I believe that that's what has allowed me to reform at a at a higher rate and stay not so stressed. And when I see clients come to me with the usual issues, high levels of inflammation, meta, some metabolic issues, and you know, unwanted body fat, and just maybe not feeling so good in the mental space, nature therapy. Get out in nature, whether it's just a little beach walk in the morning, or whether it's a hike on the weekend, because it's also, it's like box breathing. It's there. It's free. It's so easy. You just have to do it. And we've trained ourselves to not do it. Yeah. And that's not natural. So we're experiencing unnatural levels of illness because we're not being natural. So the very simple recommendation for… And you're talking about biohacking, but this is the ultimate biohack. Get out of nature.
0: And I think it just helps you break your daily cycle.
1: That's it. Pattern interrupt,
0: right? Pattern interrupt. By the Pattern, way, that's one of my favorite things Right. ever.
1: So, oh, Write that down, guys. Everyone listening, learn how to give yourself… Massive pattern interrupts because we're all hypnotized. Yeah. We're all hypnotized, right? And that f- pattern interrupts like, whoa, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's the matrix. Okay, good. Red pill. You know, it's it's yeah.
0: I can't remember who like who told me about this first because you don't even have to think about what it means because it's so self-explanatory. Yeah. But it could be the simplest thing of like changing your route to work, right? Like driving so a different simple. way is yep. a pattern interrupt. It is. It is.
1: Yeah. It it could be very subtle, but the 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 ramifications in a positive way are are profound. So how to interrupt yourself and get out in nature. It's probably been on your list and you know you should and turn that like, oh, I know you should, to just do it and watch what happens.
0: Yeah. Watch what happens. And I know it's hot in Dubai at the moment, but you know, you can wake up a bit earlier, go to the beach.
1: I was on the beach at 5.30 this morning. There you go. I was fishing, trying to catch lunch. Didn't catch lunch, might intermittent fast today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unsuccessful. <laughs> Where can people uh, connect with you, find you online, find out more about you?
1: Um, you know, at Dave Cachadel on Instagram is where I'm most active. Of course, I have my website as well, Dave and like whoever, everyone listening today, you know, I know you have a great listener base and I, I did extend that offer for the blood, but please really like, this is not a job for me this is not a career this is a mission right so i'm just i fill my days and my hours with replying and helping people just experience the same level of 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 health and insight that i've experienced so i'm just here to help
0: perfect thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate you being here it was fantastic thanks so much man cheers
1: guys take care